For great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts, the TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. The conversation continues with Rick Munn and Natalie Cheel on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Morning, 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 lovely mm. people. TNT, it's Thursday, the 1st of February. Uh, and I'm excited because I'm glad to see the back of January. My cold is starting to go. Uh, did you keep to your New Year's resolutions? Um, dry January is over now. So are you celebrating? I will be doing a dry February as well. I'll be continuing. Um, and uh, yeah, who have we got on the show today? We've got Refuse Nick Paul. We've also got Darren Nesbitt from The Light Newspaper. And uh, don't forget, you can call in at the end of the show or get on our online chat. So let's quickly get into it with a positive story for a change. Uh, there's been a landmark COVID vaccination uh, uh, injury win in Australia. Uh, there's a man, uh, Daniel uh shepherd his name is and he worked for the department of child protection and he got a pericarditis after having his booster now he went uh to court and the tri tribunal actually decided that he is entitled to workers compensation uh you know his uh company that the department was saying no it's not anything to do with us it was the state's decision and uh they've overruled it and they said no he he's got to have some compensation uh he only got this because of his job uh so this is this is a positive step in the right direction, isn't it? You know, hopefully it can set a precedent. I think they'll probably try and cover it up. But uh, this is a good thing, isn't it, Rick? Definitely. And here's the thing, Natalie, they can try and cover it up. But once you have a case that has been One proven case. in court, they're responsible and liable for it. Then you know what case law is like when you hear these cases in court, you say, oh, the case of Cheel versus Munn from 1979 resulted in this. Yeah. Oh, well, that means that we can get that too. I think this could actually open the floodgates which is why I do believe they will try and bury it or they will try and spin it off as a one-off event. They will not want to acknowledge it. Did you see Rishi Sunak yesterday in Parliament? He actually stood up and reaffirmed under no uncertain terms to the House of Parliament yesterday, the House of Commons, that the COVID vaccines were absolutely safe. Coming against the backdrop of more and more claims like these coming out, excess deaths in the double digits and rising, people getting sick at the drop of a hat, turbo cancers, etc. Uh, maybe not the wisest thing for Sunak to have done at this time to reaffirm his belief that they're absolutely safe. Uh, he dropped the word effective as well. But in the, the, well, uh, we know that even in the UK, they're uh, questioning the AstraZeneca jab and obviously paying compensation out on that. They're still not doing that for the mRNA jabs. Uh, but interestingly here, human rights lawyer Peter Pham. Uh, he says, you know, um, sometimes corporations and government departments have to actually experience the consequences of their actions before they think twice and correct. It's really sad it's taking people being seriously injured and killed for that to happen. But cases like this will mean that employers are reluctant to implement policies and forcing medical procedures in the future, which is great because they were never qualified to do so in the first place. So it's kind of reiterating what we're saying. You know, you know, it is a case. It has been one it will always be up there now uh, to refer to so this is definitely a positive move and it means it's going to be much harder for them to coerce medical treatment in the future rick uh, the good thing as well about this story is, Natalie, I'm noting their uh, Sydney lawyer, Peter Pham of Matt's yeah. Method. Uh, yeah, we have, him, uh, yeah. or I have a couple of regular guests on here that work in a solicitor's practice in Sydney and Australia as well, AFL solicitors, Tony Nicolick and Stephen Kelly. And they're both constantly laboring on cases like this to get compensation, to get uh, 
for people that were sacked because they didn't take the COVID jabs and people that have been injured. So I'm sure Tony and Stephen, also Sydney solicitors, yes. will be extremely glad to see the outcome of this. And probably I'll try and get them on uh, the show next week uh, to talk about this, whether or not they've seen that there's a difference in their caseload following uh, the ruling here that we have that we're talking yeah, about and this morning. Absolutely. And an um, interesting point also that's made is that they said that people with diagnoses uh, like this gentleman here had pericarditis. So if you've got something that's been diagnosed like a blood clot and you've got evidence of it or you've got myocarditis, then you're much more likely to be able to get some compensation. But people who have uh, got undiagnosed or unacknowledged uh, problems after the vaccine, those are the ones who are going to struggle. So, you know, if anyone out there does have a problem, make sure Sure, uh, that you do get it registered and after this case I would absolutely think about trying to take your your worker to court um, you know so keep an eye on that and we will keep you updated we're going to just take a very quick pause uh, we're not sure if Gemma's available yet uh, but we've got another story here um, on euthanasia to cover here at today's news talk clashing on the controversies it's a woke society and I am fed up with it today's news talk radio TNT Welcome back. Uh, we, uh, uh, Gemma isn't here, I'm afraid, so we'll miss her. Uh, hopefully she'll be back for Locked and Loaded. Uh, but we have got another story to cover. Uh, we, we've uh, been talking about this a lot, Rick, this uh, issue of euthanasia. And as we know, if they want to push a narrative in the legacy and mainstream media, uh, we see lots and lots of it. Uh, yet another story. This was the headline news yesterday in the Daily Fail. Uh, an autistic Dutch woman, 28, only 28, who suffered from ME, dies at home by assisted suicide um, and what makes me feel very uncomfortable about this story was that she was sharing it all over social media in a happy way uh, like and people were following it for a long time like this was some great positive story um, yeah if you read the story it, it, it's it's not very nice uh, reading uh, so the question that I really wanted to ask is are we actually doing a, enough to help these people you know this lady who was wasn't even 30 years old, said uh, she felt stuck in life as a result of her autism, ADHD and ME. Well, OK, I mean, I've got autism on paper. I've got ADHD. Um, what was then doing enough to try help her? Are we putting enough effort into saving lives anymore or are they trying to push an easy option here? I'm not trying to say she wasn't ill. She said that they was she was down to five stone because she wasn't eating properly because of her ME. Uh, but had they given up on her? And is that what they're looking to do, Rick, possibly? Yes. Here's the thing, Natalie. If you uh, are suffering from any mental health issues or anything like ME or uh, ADHD or autism, whatever it happens to be, if you go for help for that, the advice that you get from the people that you put your faith in that you think are going to help you will very much influence what the outcome will be. Yes. So, for example, if she had met a group of professionals and said, listen, we understand that you're struggling at the minute. We understand that it's tough, We, but you're not alone. There's a lot of other people out there. We can connect you with maybe a support network. You can talk to other people that have struggled with the same thing as you, and they're able to lead a happy and successful life. We can give you counseling. We can support you. That would have been a vastly different outcome than, for example, say, well, okay, Natalie, we realize that you suffer from this and it must be really tough for you. And if you want to end it, it's your body, your choice and all that. We can make that happen for you. 
the outcome could be extremely different had they adopted a different attitude at the point of, you know, the the agreed to kill this woman effectively, to euthanize her. And she was obviously, I don't want to say she was happy about it, but she was happy enough to post about she, that, you know, almost with a smile on her face, the outcome could was, have been so much different if she'd have got some support. But she was posting with, you know, um, kind of morbid, like, happiness, but for, for a long, long time, she this was for years. Her original doctor uh, said, no, because of your health conditions, I don't think you're of sound mind uh, to make that decision. Uh, then she had to fight that. Uh, these are the last quotes uh, th that she put onto social media. I choose to make the date and time public because you have all been so excited for me for this moment. I know... Uh, from experience how supportive it can be to know when this is happening so you can reflect on a moment or a light or a candle if you wish that's a very uncomfortable quote the last one was this will be my last tweet thanks for the love everyone i'm going to rest a bit more to be with my loved ones enjoy my last morbid mem from me it, sad, it, it's it? It, 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 it you know this wasn't somebody who I feel was actually in the right frame of mind. Those tweets don't come from someone who's saying I'm having, you know, if, if it said something along the lines of I'm having to get my family to write this, I am tired of my suffering. I am tired of being in pain. I need to end this. This, this it's almost like it's a laugh. It's funny. It, it, it almost seems like it's for attention almost. And even though she was dying, there's something that's not quite right about this case. And I think these are the type of ones that need to be highlighted. Mm -hmm. This girl could have possibly been saved, but instead it mm -hmm. seems she was encouraged, like some younger people with the trans uh, community, they're encouraged to go down their mental health is suffering, go down the trans route. Your mental health is suffering, go down the euthanasia route. Where's the help? Where's the prevention for mental health uh, actually well, the, going in? Because I the, see none of it here. Let's say the money's not there because, uh, you know, services were interrupted during COVID, during the pandemic, during the scandemic. The reality is a lot of these crucial services shut down for people that needed it most. And not only were they not servicing people with mental health issues, but the people with mental health issues were made infinitely worse by being locked down and isolated, for example, from their families. And of course, people were dying in the hospitals in intensive care departments on their deathbeds and their families were prevented from coming in to see them or speak to them, which probably hastened their deaths. Then you have the Liverpool pathway to death. You have the Medazolam murders. You have DNR notices put over the heads of people with learning difficulties. That sends out a message, does it not? The message is, listen, you're taking up bed space. It's more difficult for us to treat you and do the right thing than it is to let you pass off under the great beyond. So you know what? That's what we will do as the health service, take the path of least resistance and just hasten your death rather than actually try and help you get better and stop you from killing yourself in the first place. Yeah. And uh, uh, Mazzy says in the online chat, this is clearly wrong and doesn't uh, sit right. Um, I completely agree. There's something about this case, particularly. This is the kind of case that should be highlighted to say, you know, is is this actually right? And I'm not against euthanasia like some people are full stop. I think for those people who have a terminal illness, who are suffering but yep. the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed in physical mm -hmm. and emotional pain that's so bad that literally they have no quality of life, right? In those cases, I think uh, you wouldn't treat a pet like that. Uh, mm -hmm. That So therefore, you know, they should have some freedom of choice to choose whether to end their life. But to be 28 years old um, and to, you know, AME, you know, chronic fatigue uh, syndrome can be treated, 
you actually can get better from that. That's not a terminal illness, Rick. It doesn't seem to me that enough effort was to be put in here. And the other thing that makes me very uncomfortable with every single one of these articles, and I would say to always go and have a look uh, for this when you're searching in any of the mainstream media, every time uh, is paragraphs at the end. And then it says, you know, in December 2023, it was reported more than 530 British citizens have ended their lives at the Dignitas since the Swiss Centre opened in the 1990s. Then it goes on to say, Esther Ransom wants to go there. Then it goes on to say, we're trying to change the laws in this country. Then it goes on to say, Dr. Kayser, one of the country's most prominent practitioners of euthanasia, said that in the future, assisted dying in the Netherlands is likely now to be extended to prisoners serving life sentences who desperately long for death and for disabled children who believe their parents uh, believe their suffering is hopeless. So they're extending it too. So every single time you see one of these articles, it's putting, uh, you know, it in a positive light. It's saying, we want more of it. We want more mm-hmm. of it. Uh, so this to me is a bit indoctrination. There's a bit of brainwashing here. There's a bit of social conditioning to accept this as the norm, I would I would think, uh, Rick. Yeah. And like you're saying about this case, one case in particular is another step closer to normalizing this. It's like in contrast to the first story that we talked about, the COVID case, that could be the first case that breaks the back of people coming forward to make more claims. This could be yet another case that cracks the way open for more and more people to be euthanized and spread the net further. Like, for example, prisoners serving you know, life sentences that can't go on anymore. You can opt to be killed off in prison, even though the death sentence may actually be illegal in those places, it will be legal for them to voluntarily euthanize themselves and of course that'll save the taxpayer what 60 grand a year uh, in prison keeping them in prison and of course free up valuable bed space because prisons are becoming more overpopulated as well it seems like the perfect solution to uh the the prison overpopulation solution too and and what corruption will there be do you want to be euthanized rick do you really want to be will you you sign this and uh we'll give you some money to your family if you sign this so you can give up a a a bed uh in the prison you know wouldn't that wouldn't there be a possibility of that happening too suddenly all across the world uh people in prison will be euthanized because they can't because they just can't cope anymore or is that the truth Oh, it could, it, listen, it could well happen when you look at the amount of people that have had to sign false confessions uh, under interrogation for crimes they didn't commit because they were, you know, tortured in police interrogation cells and ended up in prison. It doesn't go beyond the pale to assume that, hey, people could be coerced into signing off uh, their own death warrants and a yep. false promise could be made of compensation to their families. And the next thing, uh, they they're, strapped up to the, they're strapped up to the gurney and the, the needles are going in. Uh, so, yeah. It sounds nuts, but listen, I don't rule anything out these days, especially when it comes to the government and saving money. And this is a perfect money saving opportunity for them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we've got to take a break now. But talking about corruption and misconduct, this time we're talking about the police. And that will be with Refusenik Paul after the break here at today's News Talk. TNT's Bruce de Torres. The Who's proposed treaty will increase man-made pandemics by Meryl Nass. Just a minute about this. This report is designed to help readers think about some big topics. How to really prevent pandemics and biological warfare. How to assess proposals by the WHO and its members for responding to pandemics. And whether we can rely on our health officials to navigate these areas in ways that make sense and will help their population. Populations. We start with the history of biological arms control and rapidly move to the COVID pandemic, eventually arriving at plans to protect the future. 
She didn't put protect in quotes, but I just did verbally. World Stage and Bruce DeTorres on today's News Talk TNT. Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome back. Don't forget, you can call in at the end of the show with me and Rick. We've now got uh, Refuse Nick Paul. He is uh, on X, of course, at Giza Paul, our social media commentator, activist, uh, freedom fighter extraordinaire, uh, car, uh, aviation and travel lover. But today he is here to talk about police corruption and misconduct. Uh, this story I saw yesterday in the BBC, and it is a horror story. Uh, me and Rick have covered these before, these police misconduct ones. Uh, but uh, this is about the misuse of police body cams. Uh, the incident was in Newbury, actually, which is very close to me. Uh, and this wouldn't have even, uh, we wouldn't have known about it if it wasn't for a student uh, who was working for the police who reported it who then got dismissed from his job um an absolutely horrendous story paul can you just give us a quick summary of what happened uh so yeah it's they've um took this woman into their so-called care and the body uh cameras has picked up on personal bits of her body and then that's been replayed in the police station with male uh, policemen commenting on her genitals and how much money they would take to have sex with her. I mean, yeah. it's just, do you know what gets me when you ever read, read these cases? There's always a group of them. It's like, is there not one bloke in that group that says, this is not on lads, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and yeah, they've all kept their job and the one that whistle blew has lost his job. Yeah, and, and he's he went on to say he felt obliged to report it to the uh, officer's behaviour, even though he knew it would cost us his job. He was immediately shunned by all his colleagues, expected to leave. A sergeant showed him job adverts, uh, asking him to move on. The actual police officers, uh, they uh, didn't face a misconduct hearing, uh, but apparently they were sanctioned. What, what, what message does this give, Paul? How, how can we trust the police? force uh, it's well known anyone that follows me on twitter with my views on the police and sadly that is from personal experience um i'll give you a little personal story actually my mum was having a mental breakdown in 2020 during the so-called pandemic and one night i got a call from her neighbor to say that she was trying to go to the bank at 1am in a dressing gown now she was 70 miles from me so we rang the police because i thought this was a safeguarding issue wasn't interested i rang back and complained and spoke to the duty sergeant who was laughing over the phone to me and his words were when she walks down the end of the pier into the sea we'll probably go and have a look at her but until then we're not interested yeah. so it's yeah it's it, yeah. you know and I, I i've i've got similar stories myself i do feel generally the trust in the police is going down rick do you remember that horrendous story as well about uh the lady who has claimed uh she was raped in the cells mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh the footage was turned off um mm -hmm. and uh that's still Went ongoing missing. isn't it 
went missing. And here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing, too. If you read into the details of the story, if you actually get to the end of that story, she was actually wrongfully arrested in the first place. Yes. They suspected her of being guilty of an assault. It turned out she was actually the victim of an assault as well. And yes. she was completely unconscious when all this was happening. But the yeah. actual body cam, the actual body cam footage, this is what it says. It says, uh, last year, it was revealed that police forces have misused body-worn videos with officers, number one, switching off their cameras, number two, deleting footage, and number three, sharing videos on WhatsApp groups. Surely, yeah. when you go into a supermarket, oh. right, you don't have, they keep your footage for 30 days. When you go and scan your yeah. groceries, they keep your footage for 30 days, but the cops have the ability to switch these cameras on and off, number one. Number two, to delete the footage if they don't like what it shows, and number three, to download it onto their Facebook or social media groups and upload it and share it amongst other people. Surely that function shouldn't be there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 I was going to say, how, how often do we think they'd actually delete their footage, Paul? It's well, supposed to be there to protect us. The other thing is, these are the stories that we know about. Can you imagine what's going on that we don't yeah. know about? That's what's going to be really scary. Um, yeah. I actually was, uh, I'm in a mental health group for the people that's been failed in Essex. And I actually put today, I put on that group that I was on this show today. And all the stories that there's even more stories on that group that I didn't know about where the police was just not interested in helping anyone with a mental health crisis. Um, yeah, it's just, and the best thing is a lot of these officers that do get suspended, they're suspended for years on full pay that we're paying for. Yeah, absolutely. Gross misconduct. You know, anyone See, else? Well, Go you on. say as well, Paul, about you say as well about uh, that they're suspended. That's if they get suspended. In this if. case, and you raised the question at the start. Well, you know, where's the bloke? Where's the bloke who stood up to these yeah. guys? Some bloke did a trainee, yeah. and he sacked. was sacked. But the guys yeah. who were responsible for these violent, disgusting comments, they have kept their jobs. Is this not another message that's being sent out to whistleblowers? If you do the right thing, if you do stand yeah. up to abuse like this, you're going to be the one that suffers, not the perpetrator. So you just yeah. sit there, be a good boy or a good girl, and keep your mouth shut. Is that not really the message that's being sent out? 100%, yeah. Anyone listening to this should... Um, uh, there was a story on Channel 5 this uh, week uh on tv called catching the coppers and it was literally about this subject and there was a woman there having a mental health crisis that they arrested they were literally torturing her they put a hood over her head they sprayed pepper spray in her face from about 10 centimeters in the back of the car they were taunting her uh and it follows this all the way this story uh they got an official chat from their sergeant that's that's what the result was from the complaint and even yeah, senior that, officers was watching it and was shocked it's like oh, unbelievable. i mean i i would also uh like to add a personal story my uh cousin happened uh very tragically was killed in a car accident um he was hit by an off-duty policeman um and as you may uh, uh probably already have guessed nothing was taken against him because all policemen tend to stick together and uh, so uh, he was never no justice was found for that either it's another story i think is part of the police force it feels to me there's this common camaraderie that 
that you've kind of uh, touched on, Paul, that says the first thing we do in the police force is back each other. And anyone that isn't prepared to back us, whether we're immorally incorrect, uh, will have to go and we will force them out. And that's exactly what this story is saying. And it also says, you know, none of us are fans of the BBC, but it says the BBC have uncovered other incidents of uh, footage being misused. Uh, They asked all forces for records that they held scrutinising the use of cameras, but only one Merseyside police force was able uh, to provide that. Uh, You know, if uh, these uh, cameras, Paul, are there to protect us, shouldn't we be allowed all of the footage? Shouldn't we be allowed to see all of the data? We're paying we're paying for yep. them. Why isn't that the case? The other thing I'll add is uh, obviously a lot of these complaints go to the Independent Police Complaints Commission, the IPCC. In my mind, from everything that I read about them, they are there to get the officer off of that charge. That's the only thing. It's it's a, a fake thing that, oh, we're independent. We're going to investigate for the, the person. No, it's to get the police off. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and How I think many- it's a massive problem. How many times, isolated. Rick, do they say independent? Do we use here the word independent, independent. nowadays where, where it means nothing but independent at all? Yeah, means nothing yeah. at all. One last thing I just want to say as well, Paul, you make a very good point too. It's bad enough that uh, no help is given to people. For example, in your mother's case, when you phoned up the, yeah. the duty sergeant and he said, I'm not going to do anything until she walks off the end of a pier. Not only is there no help, but sometimes there's just adds insult to injury when they mock this, they've no compassion whatsoever, or they make comments yeah. like, oh, your mom's going to have to try and kill herself before we get involved. You know, where's the humanity there? I, I get it, that it, people have, you know, they don't have to be jumping up and down for joy going to their job every day, but surely you, yeah. you're, you're the people that you serve, common decency at the end of the day and especially with respect to their yes, bodies and their, just their like family members be, be a decent human being must come into it yes um i mean they were saying on this program that they do a difficult job and mental health is a massive well i'm not being funny if you don't like it leave it, it's not yeah. a job i would choose um i think the pay is crap i think the whole job's crap so it's not something i'll go into but yeah i can still remember and it will haunt me forever i can remember him laughing down the phone at me that night which Oh. was really nice when yeah when you're panicking and upset um and uh, there's just too many stories paul and sadly as you've said uh obviously we've highlighted this horrific one from newbury today how many do we know that uh, we just don't hear about? So, you know, yes. I would say to anyone out there, you know, keep reporting them. Uh, nothing's going to change in the police force if we don't do that. Um, thank you again, Paul, for taking your time to be with us. Uh, remember, you can follow him at uh, Refusenik, uh, at Geezer Paul R. And uh, we've got to take a quick break for the headlines. And Darren Nesbitt from The Light Newspaper is coming to talk to us here at today's News Talk. Check this out. News Talk Radio. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with your TNT headlines. Mark Zuckerberg has apologised on national television to the families of children who have been harmed or sexually exploited on social media. Pakistan's former Prime Minister Imran Khan has been handed another lengthy jail term just a day after being jailed for a decade. And Russia and Ukraine have carried out their largest ever prisoner swap, each side releasing just under 200 captured soldiers. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Right, welcome back. Uh, We're just waiting on Darren to come in. Rick, what stories have you got that you'd like to discuss with us this morning? 
Well, I've got quite a few highlighted here. There's one uh, that I just saw here this morning uh, to do with Ireland. This is crazy. Chartered deportation flights to take off later on this year with special flights for dangerous individuals. And of course, Helen McEntee, the scourge of Ireland. This woman just lurches from bad to worse, from one crisis to another. Uh, she is telling us now that chartered flights to deport migrants will begin later this year with between 20 to 30 people on each journey. Justice Minister, and I say that very, very loosely, Helen McEntee said earlier this week, smaller planes may be used to fly anyone who is dangerous check this out, and needs accompaniment by the police. So think about the movie Connor, if you will. You know, Nicolas Cage and John Malkovich in their little orange jumpsuits chained up at the 30,000 feet with army around them. That's what they're proposing for Ireland. Now, here's the question I have for you, Natalie. If they're going to do this later on this year, and they already know that there's violent criminals who can't be traveling alone, that means they're aware that they're in Ireland at the minute. So number one, why are they not kicking their asses out right now? And number two, why are they waiting until later on in the year? What does that mean? October, November, New Year's <laughs> Eve before they start putting them out? These people are in situ as we talk, but yet McEntee's banging on about them being accompanied by the police as they're deported from the country. What a shambles this woman is. Well, shouldn't they, shouldn't oh. they be arrested or in solitary or something yes. anyway? Just, you know what I mean? Should it, the, the, the fact that they're talking about flying them out is really beside oh. the point. That's something that should have been that, like, discussed after they're charged and after they're put away uh but uh yeah i mean they're similar uh talking about the flights because there was another story as well uh the government it says and i'm sure uh yeah it's helen mcintyre again she's she's back at it's that same old thing uh considering charter flights to remove failed asylum applicants mm -hmm. uh so mm -hmm. funny that they're bringing in a lot of the uh, similar stories all about flights and trying to remove people it's giving mm -hmm. a, a kind of illusion that they're trying to solve a problem rick i think because she's not it, really trying to solve the problem not solving um, a problem you know and if there's dangerous people in Ireland that need to be deported and have to be kicked out of the country under police guard. Where are they now? Are they in Are they in a housing estate? Are they in a, 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 a migrant processing centre? Are they walking the streets? Where are they at the minute? And here's the thing too. She said uh, the aim, this is her words here, the aim is to have an arrangement in place to allow us to run charter flights. Now, I don't know if you've ever tried to uh, price a charter flight, a small airplane, but it's about 10 times the cost of getting on a commercial airline. So it's going to cost an arm and a leg. And she says at the moment, no value has been put on this contract either. So in other words, it's a blank check for chartered yeah. flight providers to kick these people out of Ireland. And then she goes on to say, this is a removal methodology, which has been used in Ireland in the past and is also used by other states. Yes, maybe it's been used in the past to move the odd person in and out, but she's talking about turning this into a commercial venture. It's Connor, but, Ireland, not like it's, it's Connor, it Ireland. From what I'm reading here, it's not even in just for dangerous people, she's trying to suggest. Mm -hmm. They're saying as well uh, that uh, Algeria and Botswana has been added to the list of safe mm -hmm. countries mm -hmm. for asylum seekers. So uh, if, if your country suddenly considered safe, you're not an asylum seeker. And she's mm -hmm. saying, well, uh, there, there are uh, 3,100 people now uh, that are from like Algeria and Botswana, and we might get a chartered flight. And we might send try send them back there, um, uh, but the, she's not put a cost on it. And I'm thinking mm. you can't even deal with the current problem mm. at the moment. What is the chance if you paying for a chartered flight and uh, mm. rounding up these so-called people from Algeria and Botswana mm. that are apparently safe? It's it's an illusion, Rick. 
to it, the same it way she's talking about Connor, the same way she's talking about putting these people uh, back on a flight to safe countries. What they're trying to do is give the illusion to the Irish people that they are actually doing something about the immigration problem when the truth of the matter is they're doing diddly squat and uh, it's just a PR stunt, uh, just the same as the barges, just the same as the Rwanda plan in lockstep. They just keep coming out with this absolute rubbish and it's up to people like us to call them out on it. It is. And here's the thing, too. Of course, there's uh, people that are here illegally that aren't violent, uh, but they're still here illegally and they need to be deported. They stick them on a charter flight. It's going to cost a lot of money. She's talking about this extra small plane for for dangerous people to be put on with guards. Let me offer a very simple and cost-effective solution. You find a large cage and wrap it up in a packing crate. You nail it shut. You throw it into the cargo hold with the criminal, the violent criminal in it. You give him a bowl of water like a dog, and then you get kick his ass the hell out of Ireland. You don't need guarding. You don't need a charter flight. Nail him into a packing crate. Give him a bowl of water. It's only going to be a two or three or hour flight anyway, and save people like me, the taxpayer, an awful lot of money. They're violent criminals after all. Why should they be treated to four-star treatment and escorts out of the country in small uh, charter planes? It makes me want to puke but i mean as you said if they're uh prisoners anyway then then obviously their human rights in terms of their punishment is different but even if you are fleeing persecution um and you're not a criminal right as far as i'm concerned if you are literally fleeing from your life you'd be happy for anywhere that's safe mm -hmm. that literally even if it's going to be in a room full of 50 other mm -hmm. people but you've got a roof over your head you've got water you've got food right and, but, and you know that your life would be saved. And even if that means you have to fly somewhere else, I'd say the average person would take that any day to any day if they're actually genuinely fleeing persecution. But they're saying it's against their human rights to do that. And they have to be given a house and they have to be given benefits. Uh, I don't think uh, uh, somewhere along the Human Rights Act, I'm sure it didn't say that you needed to be uh, given a house by the government or the state and uh, given uh, funding and benefits in order to fulfill that need. So uh, something's, something's amiss uh, uh, all the way uh, across the board there. It is. It stinks to heavens. But then again, when you see the words Helen and Mac and T together, you know <laughs> the story is going to stink and you know it's going to be ridiculous. So that's the trigger alert. When you see Helen, Mac and T, you know it's going to be bad news for the people of Ireland. Uh, there's another story that we we'll have here. Maybe uh, we could cover just before um, the break. Uh, robots. Uh, we like to talk about robots and AI. We are talking about brain chips earlier on this week. Yeah. Well, here's, here's something for the elderly. Of course, they don't want to leave the old and old boys out here. So uh, the elderly are getting uh, the special treatment here. Robots made to help elderly people uh, pass testing phase in healthcare environments. What's all that about? I mean, this is one of those AI uh, uh, stories. Uh, they're obviously testing the waters like they do. I think it's still very far off, but essentially robots, it says, they are capable of natural conversations and understanding patients. Uh, so they've been doing testing in healthcare environments. So they would basically replace carers or nurses. Uh, so uh, the, the real benefit, it says, wait for this one, Rick, uh, they can't spread germs. So they'd be perfect in a pandemic. They could just send a robot into the room, talk to the robot. Yeah, you won't need a nurse. You won't need to pay anyone. Uh, what do you reckon? People are going to actually improve on their health. Do you think that they are genuinely that the, the, this is the brilliant quote here? The uh, uh, the lady, Professor Anne Sophie Rigard 
Our patients are increasingly interested in robotics and the evolution of hospital services, which they see as the log logical evolution of our society. We believe that AI robots could in the future become an essential element of patient care in hospitals thanks to its capacity for social interaction and guidance. What an absolute load of rubbish. I, who wants that? Oh, I really, I'm really feeling ill. I'm feeling awful. Oh, look, here's a robot to come and pat me, pat, pat, pat me down and tell me I'm better. Yeah, and, and the thing is, too, it said it has been successfully tested by experts. It greeted patients, helped with routine tasks, and then it said it held multiple conversations with multiple people at the same time. And all I'm saying is, you know, a waiting room, a doctor's waiting room full of sick old people, and this uh, robot shuffling in and going, am, 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 and starting to talk to each other. Why the hell can't the old dears just talk amongst themselves? You know, I don't understand this at all. And lastly here, it also said the robots uh, are capable of natural conversations and understanding patient needs. The spring is this thing's called the spring. And then it tells you what spring stands for. And it doesn't stand for spring. It says socially assistive robots in gerontological healthcare. That's not spring. Am I missing something? That's not SP. That's S-A-R-I-G. Srag. <laughs> So I don't know. But, uh, it's completely but, but messed Before up. we go to the break, though, and this is, uh, we're laughing. It's a funny story, or is it? Because then you hear that this national uh, robotarium is actually funded 1.5 billion from Edinburgh and South East Scotland City region deal and 300 million from the Scottish government. So it stops them being quite so funny, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, this yeah. is our money. And they're putting our money into this. You know, we want nurses. We want that 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 1.5 billion. I would rather that go into the NHS to actually, you know, help sick people. I don't want a robot. Put your robots away, I say. Uh, but we do have to uh, take a break. And Darren will be with us next at today's new talk. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. The trial of Michael Mann and Mark Stein continues. Actually, it's Michael Mann suing Mark Stein and some other people over comments that he was a fraud. And it's very, very interesting when I look at the facts of this. First of all, Dr. Mann would not allow anyone to see his actual work, which is really kind of strange. For those of you who follow me on Twitter, you see me make a forecast, but always display the reasoning and rationale behind it. Always show people what you are up to and hey, if it doesn't, it doesn't. If it doesn't, it doesn't. That's the breaks. So you've got to be suspicious of that. Why won't you show your data? Now, as far as Dr. Mann being a Nobel Prize winner, this is from Geer Lundstedt, director of the Nobel Institute. Michael Mann has never been awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. He did not receive any personal certificate. He has taken the diploma awarded in 2007 to the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change and to Al Gore, and has created his own authentic looking diploma. The text underneath the diploma is entirely his own, and the diploma that the IPCC got has really nothing to do with what Michael Mann got. So what he did was, he got this piece of paper and literally created his own award. Now, I happen to be a volunteer strength and nutrition advisor for the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club here at Penn State. We have a couple of gold medalists. And a couple of those gold medalists I talked to about nutrition and training. Does that make me a gold medalist? If I were to say, hey, I'm a gold medalist in the Olympics, am I a fraud? Hmm. You make the decision. 
This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog Meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go, but I did ask for help and Covenant House was there for me. One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there, providing hot meals, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. To learn more, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. Be on the lookout and alert for anything out of the ordinary. Natalie Cheel and Rick Munn. Thank you for your cooperation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, let's get straight down to bones here. We're very happy to be joined for the first time on Open Line by none other than Darren Nesbitt. Darren is the editor of The Light newspaper, which I'm sure many people that are listening in right now are familiar with as it came to prominence over the last uh, two to three years, especially during the lockdown COVID scandemic years. If you haven't already checked it out, uh, you can look at their webpage, which is thelightpaper.co.uk. And Darren, we're just here today to use the short time I have just to raise awareness uh, to the work that you guys are doing and obviously the things that are going on at the minute that we should be concerned about. So welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm really good, Rick. Thanks so much for having us on. Um, it's great to uh, be able to uh, let, let more people know about the light and be surprised that, uh, you know, it's, it's been going for three and a half years. We have a, an amazing team all over the country, all over the world, really. Um, but lots of people still don't know about it. And when they discover it, it's like we didn't know this tool existed to help wake people up. So absolutely, let's spread the word. Well, how did it actually kick off? Because everything has to start and start small. Uh, was it literally somebody sitting uh, at a computer, yourself sitting at a computer going, I have to say something, I have to get something out there. Maybe don't have the facilities, I don't have the funding there, but I'm going to do something. Is that how it uh, really all kicked off three and a half years ago? Yeah, definitely divine intervention. <laughs> Absolutely um, no no previous experience in publishing. Um, and we certainly had to scrabble together the £1,200 um, like right on the last day to get the thing actually published and, and get the first one out. And um, once it had come out, people realised that we were serious, that something could be done. And obviously it's gone from strength to strength uh, since at the height of the uh, madness, um, when they were going to do a second lockdown for Christmas, we, were doing th we did 300,000 copies, um, which mm -hmm. is just you know, phenomenal. It's more than you know, most Mad, of the yeah. regular um, uh, legacy media papers. Um, and again, like I say, it's testament to the fact that people get behind it because it's a great idea. We've been consistent for well over 40 issues now. Um, you know, we cover the stories that are um, either not covered by the, by the mainstream media or the covering them, like say the, the, the current obviously farmers protest all over all over Europe. Um, the framing them as far right and the framing them as, oh, it's farmers wanting more. You know what I mean? That they're getting screwed over by the suit. It's way more than that. They know about net zero. They know their livelihoods um, are, are on the line. And it's not, I mean, obviously we're all going to act out of personal self-interest, but farmers also realize, or the whole, whole world, you know, all the people realize, no farmers, no food. You know, it's going to be processed cricket paste and, and burgers and, and, and whatever else. They won't control the food supply. They won't control of the energy supply. They won't control of the people. And in the end, through central bank digital currency and digital ID, um, it's down to each individual to resist and reject and, you know, do everything in your personal life to, um, to not let that happen. So, you know, a lot of people go, oh, we need a mass movement. We need to wake people up. Well, we do, absolutely. 
But at the end of the day, it's still down to billions of individuals saying, no, I'm not going to live like that. I don't want any digital ID. If I can't use my bank, then that's the way it goes. I'm going to use silver and gold and Bitcoin and whatever else. Yeah, we still have options. Um, I mean, the window is closing, but now is the time to make those personal changes. You know, a, a lot of people, when they wake up, we want to martyr ourselves. We give ourselves mm-hmm. to the cause, and I've got to let people know. And we kind of let our own personal, um, you know, uh, our own personal circumstances fall by the wayside. But really, waking up should be, um, as well as wanting to obviously let people know, you know, what's really going on, how we've been deceived, and how all the systems are arranged against us. We should also be you know, realise that, hey, I've been lied to about myself. I don't have to do one thing. I don't have to do a, do a, just do a mundane job forever. You know, there are so many things we can do is 24 hours in a day. If we're healthy and we've got knowledge and determination and we're working in something that, you know, excites us, you know, we should be able to, we should be able to enhance our situation. Nobody in this movement should be poor or ill or, mm. or without direction. You know, I mean, things happen, life happens, et cetera, et cetera. We're all in different situations, but we have the power. Don't wait for the world to change before you change your world. Um, And I'll just mention on that, and the reason I'm going on about it is we decided to do a practical solutions conference Mm -hmm. uh, in Cheshire on March the 23rd with uh, speakers about law, health and money. Um, It's dead cheap. Just look up practical solutions conference and and it will come up and you can get, get, get yourself tickets there. Well, do you know what you can do as well, Paul? If you want to, uh, we have a What's On section on our website, tntradio.live, so we can advertise those events for free for you. So if you at the end of the show, uh, forward the details on to our What's On section on our website, and then we'll be able to put that up for you, and it'll stay up there until the conference actually happens. It just means that people become more aware of it when they're checking out what's happening in their local area. Now, strangely enough, uh, this was born out of necessity, I suppose, you know, you felt you had to say something. TNT is very similar. Uh, TNT uh, came to be, I suppose, off the back of the scandemic and the lockdowns and all the aggravation that was happening in the world. And if it wasn't for uh, the lockdowns, probably I never would have started doing my social media stuff. Neither would Natalie. We would never have came together on this station. The station may not even have came to be, and you wouldn't be on here talking about the project that you're doing, which is the light, which is 40 issues in, uh, 300,000 distribution in some cases. So would it prefer to say that every cloud does have a silver lining and this big, black, horrible, dystopian cloud that has been over our heads for the last three to four years in particular has yielded some positive things, i.e. the awareness that people have and the actions that they're taking to combat it? Necessity is the mother of invention, as they say. It's So many people have said, it, it's really helped me become myself. I didn't realise all the little jobs that I was doing, all the little experiences that I've had all my, all my life have all led up to this. I didn't know I was. I mean, for myself, I didn't know I was a newspaper editor. But looking back over all the social media that I was doing for 10 years and, and you know, the ability to organise and, and help get the best help, whatever, you know what I mean? They all came together and it's like, hey, you're, you're actually good at running a newspaper. Um, and I, I do believe, you know, I do believe that's true for everybody. I don't mean everybody a newspaper or everybody can do a podcast, uh, you know, or, or run a radio show or whatever it is. But, you know, everybody has talents. Everybody has talents. And, and, and it's down to us. It's down to us to, to, to develop them. You know, start today. You know, if it's like, oh, you know, it's too, it's never too late. I, I always remember, um, you know, Colonel Sanders, okay, not, not great food, but he was 70 years old when he sold his recipe. He went round, you know, apparently, apparently that's the story anyway, but he, he, he persisted and he never, he, you know, he, he, was, he was an average guy till he was 70 and then obviously he sold his recipe and became a millionaire. So, um, 
believe in yourself have faith in yourself learn what you need to learn apprentice what you need to apprentice start what you need to start most of it you know obviously you know there's a lot of stuff online so learning just how to get a website going you know even if it's you know run by somebody else or what have you or, or somebody else has done it for you that that's pretty vital um, but yeah, absolutely. Have faith and confidence in yourself. I, I've, you know, I've got a, uh, an acoustic guitar strings company. I've got uh, the Truthwear, Truthwear, uh, Truth and Hoodies and stuff. Um, I've got uh, just all, all these little things. Have the ideas and then throw them up there. Cash is freedom uh, campaign. And there's also uh, a site called Free Trade, Free Trade.org, and everybody can list everything they do on there, and it's a you know, it's a free, you don't pay through the site. It's, it's, you know, it's like a, a concept, like, like a lots of, but for everything that everybody does, services, products, what have you, it needs the network effect, um, but it's there. So, you know, t- uh, absolutely. If you've got an idea that gets you excited, get on it, make it happen. You don't have to do one thing. You can do 10 things or five things or what have you. Um, work hard at your job, save, save some money, um, you know, where you can. Obviously, the bills are going up like crazy, but again, I mean, I, I don't know how much I could discuss, but electricity, electricity and gas meters, and that's all I'll say there. And, and, and you know, voluntary taxes, that's all I'll say there. In fact, the council, I'm, I'm sure it's been mentioned somewhere on TNT, but there's been a ruling that council tax liability orders, so if you stop paying your council tax, they send you a summons, it's, a, it's an administrative court they hire for the day, and then you send liability orders and, and you know, supposedly bailiffs come around. Well, bailiffs have come around with illegal orders. There's been a court case, it's been ruled, so they can't do anything. I mean, bailiffs anyway, they have no power whatsoever. You call the police, the police are only allowed to do their constable job. They can be done under the, under the criminal, uh, you know, cr- criminal justice act. And um, the law is, is always on our side, but only if you know it, you know, um, yeah. life is on your side, but you need to, you know, you need to take it. You need to say, right, I'm going to live life on my terms. I am sovereign. I, I, I do make the decisions. I'm not under any government tax, uh, tax collector, p- police, or anything else. They can rule by force. They can all come in and, and, and you know, grab you and, and, and cart you off and all the rest of it, but they have no legal authority whatsoever. And normally, 99 times out of 100, these things end up in court. And it ends up, you know, if it, if it goes away. And, you know, what you actually did, obviously, if the police are acting illegally and you're acting, you know, under the law, guess, guess, guess what happens? You know, sure, the courts, so some courts are, are corrupt, but you need to stand in truth, stand in, in justice and, and, and make your life how you want it. You know, I, I work very, very hard. I, you know, I'm up at four or five o'clock most mornings. And I absolutely love it. And, you know, 20 years ago, I would have absolutely laughed at that kind of thing. So exactly as you said, Rick, the scandemic, et cetera, et cetera, has really brought out the, the best in people. I'm, I, I'm over 50 years old. I wouldn't look it, but I'm over 50 years old. And I have way more energy than I had when I was 20 because I've got a purpose and a direction. And it's great. I, I, I was going to say, uh, Darren, I, I would agree. I, I always struggled um, in the rat race. I mean, uh, I was uh, diagnosed, whether you believe in those kind of diagnoses, with like autism, ADHD. I always struggled in working environments. I either ended up getting the sack or, you know, speaking my mind too much, not fitting in. And then uh, suddenly uh, talking too much. Uh, it's OK now because I'm allowed to do that on, uh, on the radio. Uh, so it, it, so it's worked out well for me. But I also wanted to say uh, a lot of my friends uh, deliver the light newspaper and they do try put it oh. into doctors that they, they, they go put, try put it into doctor surgeries into dentists 
with surgery. So uh, um, if anybody else wants to get involved, what can they do? And if they wanted to deliver the the uh, light newspaper, Darren, uh, or, or get it about, what what's the best way to go about it? Yeah, I mean, there's 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 a few ways if you go to the the website the light the lightpaper.co.uk and um, we've got something called wake up your neighbors so if you're really busy and you can't get a chance to deliver what you can do is if, if we've got somebody in your postcode is you can pay for somebody else to get those papers delivered and deliver them on on the streets where you want them and um, if you have got the time you want to deliver them yourself we do bulk orders and um, so again we'll send you out 25 50 100 five, however many copies you want we'll send them to you and you obviously distribute them, distribute them as you like uh, you can subscribe for one to five copies which obviously helps us you just want to get a, a personal copy in the post um, and obviously just you know, just spreading the spreading the word as well um so yeah i mean the, the more the merrier um it only works because you know activists and, and activists want to distribute the paper and let other people know we've been consistent with the quality and content um like i say for, for, for 40 we're on issue 42 now um and I, I, you know i take great pride um in in the paper that we we, we do produce um with it being you know truthful accurate and quite eye-opening for all of those who i mean I, I honestly the more the more the, the more i speak to people now the more um the more people are, are, are they're awake they really are awake they just need that permission they just need that 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 nudge you know to, to 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 become one of us if you like to actively stand against everything they're doing and talk about it to the workmates and the friends and the family and stuff and you know, we're one in ten, or two in ten, or three in ten. I mean, it's it's really, really growing. So we're coming to the crux of it. Obviously, they want to close their digital prison, um, but they've got a few years yet. Um, you know, before they could before they could put everything in, we've got that gap of time. And I honestly think I've, I've said it, been saying it for for a few years. We're going to win. It's a race against time. But at the end of the day, even the most ardent of you know vaxxers and blah blah blah. Nobody, nobody doesn't like freedom. You know what I mean. Nobody, nobody wants all their choices taken away. So all we have to do is explain where this is going. You know, and and the newspaper obviously is a fantastic way to do it. It's obviously you know uh, very professionally produced and written. We have some amazing writers. That's the other thing I'll mention as well. It's not a closed shop. It's by the people for the people. So early on, it's like, why don't you cover this such? And why don't you cover this? And why don't you cover blah blah blah? No problem. Get it down on a Word document, under a thousand words, probably eight hundred images, and email it to us, the light paper at protonmail.com. Anybody can write for the light, obviously yeah. we have quality standard and a and, and a topic standard as well. Um remembering that it's for people who aren't yet awake, they might be curious, they might be what have you, but it's not, you know, it's not meant for activists as it as it were. Although there's an amazing amount of information uh, in there that will help everybody. I just yeah, want to was... read something out from the online chat. It says, uh, I found my first copy of the light uh, newspaper in Batemans Bay, New South Wales. So thank you. Uh, so it's found its way over to Australia. So I thought that was yep. a great one to read out. <laughs> yeah. Well, the there, other is thing a, is... there is a light Australia as it happens, but yeah. I have heard that yeah. the light UK gets over yeah. there as well. So it's, it's, that's I'm really sure, nice. I'm sure Canada's it Canada's got a paper. Germany's got a paper. Uh, Holland have got a paper. Um, the, only, the only place that's missing are the United States. 
So no. all those that are listening, we've had a couple of couple of people. And all you have to do to start light paper is get it started. You know, obviously we'll help you and, and advise you and all the rest of it. But it, it's your light paper. So, um, but nobody in the states has, has has done it yet. Maybe they don't they don't realise the power of the printed word. At the end of the day, it's old school pamphleteering. They were doing it in the seventeenth and eighteenth centuries, nineteenth centuries to you know let people know how insane how tyrannical the government had become obviously it was more about religion then um but it's the same idea you know nobody can stop us printing a piece of paper putting information down and handing it to people if they come out with that law the game's over well there could be there could be somebody there could be somebody listening in yeah, there could be someone listening in in America today. Maybe that was the reason why you've been planted Yay! into TNT today to sow a seed into somebody's head. On twenty twenty four, could be the year of the light in the US. Paul, we've got to, or sorry, Darren, we've got to, we've got to wrap it up for right now. But if you haven't already done so, check out thelightpaper.co.uk. You can contribute to it. You can wake up your neighbours. And also, there's a recruitment section on the website that if you're struggling to find a job because people don't like your beliefs and whatnot, you could be linked in with other like-minded individuals. So there's that aspect as well so a big thanks to you this morning mr thanks, darren nesbitt it probably won't be the last time that we'll have a conversation thank you so that. much for taking time up uh, out of your day this morning to talk to us so darren nesbitt from the light natalie chill and rick munn here from tnt we are signing out for open line for today but we will be back in the morning sharp at 9 a.m uk time don't go away i'll be back after the break with locked and loaded here on tnt today's news talk <laughs>